If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. Hey, listeners, today we are bringing you a special episode of another podcast. This is a Slate podcast called How To, which is hosted by Amanda Ripley. And on the podcast How To, listeners write in with all kinds of very strange and specific questions. And then Amanda finds the perfect expert to answer these questions. And this episode is especially relevant to Atlas Obscura listeners because it's about how to put your town on the map in a good way, not in a bad way. There are bad ways to put your town on the map. But this one also features a previous Atlas Obscura guest, Erica Nelson, who is the creator of the amazing, the incomparable world's largest collection of world's smallest versions of the world's largest things. And if that has left you scratching your head, just take a listen and host Amanda Ripley will explain it all. That's after this. What's one attraction you think everyone should see at least once in their life? Oh, hands down, the world's largest ball of twine. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that is that's a cultural icon. Yeah, and you have to listen to the song over and over and over again while you're driving there to annoy your children. <laughs> that's yes. part of it. You're listening to How To. I'm Amanda Ripley. That was Weird Al Yankovic singing about one of our country's most famous roadside attractions. Now, why are we playing this song? Well, the other day, a listener called into the How To hotline with an unusual request. How can our town, he wanted to know, build a truly awesome roadside attraction? One that delights and inspires. One that rivals the largest ball of twine in America. Our listeners from a little town in Delaware called Smyrna, a place you've probably never heard of, which is part of the problem. Smyrna is a small town. We are about 13,000 people, a very agriculturally focused area of our state, but it still has this wonderful little small town charm. That's Mike. He wears many hats in Smyrna. In addition to running a fleet of taco trucks, he owns a craft distillery in an old renovated movie house. He's a member of the town council, and he sits on the county tourism board. So 
probably fair to say that Smyrna depends on Mike as much as Mike depends on Smyrna. Which is why it pains him so much that so few people spend their time and their money in his cute little town. We have the unfortunate, um, or fortunate, depending on your perspective sometimes, spot of being in the middle of our state. We have beaches that people travel to in massive numbers throughout the summertime. And unless you need gas, you're not likely to get off the highways. You know, back when the major toll roads, before those were built, you had to travel through a lot of these little towns, and my town being one of them. But now, you can just bypass us if you want to. But earlier this year, Mike got an idea. So this summer, I wanted to do about a two-week road trip with my kids, and we were going to go up through New England. I had done trips like this with my father when I was a kid, and we would often stop at things on the side of the road. Somebody who built the spaceship, Paul Bunyan and Babe the Big Blue Ox, the dinosaurs out in the, the desert. I wanted to break up the trip and have a little bit of fun. We visited, I think, probably about 10 or 12 of these along the way during our trip, But what I also saw was that my wonderful little state of Delaware was empty on the map. I absolutely love my state and I love my county and my town. And I got to thinking, well, why not? Like, why hasn't somebody gone out and built something like this here? Why not indeed? Why not build something engaging, enticing, simply Smyrna to lure the beachgoers off the interstate? To help Mike figure this out, we found literally the perfect person. My name is Erica Nelson, and I am the owner and operator of a roadside sideshow expo that houses the world's largest collection of the world's smallest versions of the world's largest things, which are replicas of roadside attractions from across the U.S. that build themselves as some sort of superlative, like the biggest, the largest, the smallest, the longest, the deepest, and uh, just love to talk about them. Erica spent years traveling to see hundreds of roadside attractions, and she's built a bunch of large-scale art installations herself. Now she helps towns like Smyrna who want to build their own roadside attractions. Yes, that is a real job. I'm a traveling down the road and what do I see but a John Deere corn and a bigger strawberry. I'm not hallucinating. Erica, can you tell us a little bit about what drew you to roadside attractions in the first place? Growing up, uh, we lived in a small town, rural Missouri, but in the summers we would travel to ever, wherever dad was stationed. He was in the Air Force, so before being able to Google things, when it was just maps and research, I thought my mom was so amazingly brilliant. How did you know that there was this giant rift in the continent and you could go look at it? Hmm. So that amazement that came with finding something outside of your experience, Mm -hmm. to me, was just magical. And the more that I grew up and started driving myself around, I realized other people didn't navigate that way. They didn't navigate by senses of wonder. So I kept wanting to find that again. I love that idea of navigating by wonder. And that's, I think, what attraction builders want to build, too. It could be thought of as a commercial venture, but at the heart of it, at the core of it, the thing that makes people stop is that acknowledgement of an authentic feeling that is so hard to pin down. Yeah, it's almost like, in a way, in modern life, we need these 
little surprises and quirks and delights more than ever. We live in a globalized world where, you know, you lose that sense of place and the personality of a place. Is this like an American thing or do all countries have roadside attractions at this level? I think it's a young country thing. So Canada Mm. and Australia both have a large amount of big things and they Mm. celebrate them. And I think part of that too is the road trip culture that we have is also so new we don't have the historical spots to go to that a place with buildings from the 1400s or 200s does so we sort of create these monuments as a community experience in a younger country that has not the amount of history that uh, that the rest of the world does right right you don't have a medieval cathedral right so maybe you know you can have like a a giant nickel. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also ego-based. I mean, Americans are giant, flamboyant, loud mm. people. So we build giant, True. flamboyant, loud things. Even before the Statue of Liberty arrived in America, there were roadside attractions. The oldest one still standing is Lucy, a six-story high wooden elephant on the Jersey Shore. Lucy was built in 1881. And even back then... She was seen as a whimsical way to bring tourists into town. Then the popularity of roadside attractions really soared with the rise of the automobile and the interstate highway system. Think of Dinosaur Gardens in Michigan, or the Corn Palace in South Dakota, and of course the Clown Motel in the Nevada desert. I mean, there are thousands of these things, most of which you've never heard of, which is why we're trying to figure out What separates the mildly interesting attraction from the truly spectacular? Part of my question was really not just how do you build, you know, the world's largest garden gnome, um, but how do you also make it something that people want to stop and see? Right. How do you make it a thing? Mm -hmm. Right. Not just a weird, eccentric oddity. Not just an object, but an event. Like, you you know, from the parking lot onwards that this is going to provide some photo ops, provide some food that you wouldn't normally otherwise get, like fudge, and that memory. So what goes beyond the object into memory? The attractions that go beyond object into memory usually have a deep sense of place, Erica says. We just couldn't really imagine them existing anywhere else but where they are. Well, and you're also placed really well in being in a smaller rural community because it does mean you have more flexibility. There's often fewer regulations. And if you ignite that spark within enough of the movers and shakers in a small town, it is so much more likely to happen with that mutual support system that's built into these communities. I think that very much resonates with the conversations that I've had You know, that idea of what is the most Smyrna thing you can do or something like that. From my business, my distillery, when we were getting ready to start, we said, what is the most Delaware product we could make? And we actually make a Scrapple flavored vodka because it is the most (laughs) Delaware thing we could think of. (laughs) Awesome. That sounds simultaneously wonderful and awesome. (laughs) Yep. Now, you might be wondering, how did Erica ever begin creating the world's largest collection of the world's smallest versions of the world's largest things. Well, for Erica, it all began in grad school, when she started taking little road trips to wacky places, just to find an escape. 
eventually she landed in Lucas, Kansas, a tiny town of 400 people where art is at the heart of the town. This is the longest I've lived anywhere, but I could Hmm. purchase the house right next to a roadside attraction that was built uh, between 1907 and 1932. And it's this bizarre, amazing three-story sculptural set of uh, politics at the turn of the last century called the Garden of Eden. When someone like Erica says that something is bizarre and amazing, you got to listen. The Garden of Eden is a folk art funhouse with Dozens of sculptures, and even a glass-covered coffin holding the artist and his wife. If you're ever passing through Kansas on I-70, it's definitely worth a pit stop. And this turned out to be the perfect neighbor for Erica's own growing collection of oddities. And as I saw more and more world's largest, I started thinking, oh, this would be kind of funny if I just started making world's smallest of the world's largest. And then suddenly you have a collection and then Mm -hmm. it just made sense to compound it into the world's largest collection of the world's smallest versions of the world's largest things. When you spoke to the Wall Street Journal a while ago, I believe you said, no one expects anything out of Kansas. So that gives you a permission slip to do whatever the hell you want. (laughs) And that is also the glory of these small towns, which I was kind of referring to earlier. You can fully work through an idea and then spring it on people. And they're like, how did that happen? Well, it took us five years and you just weren't paying attention. So, (laughs) pa-pow! Yeah, I mean, I guess, Mike, is it fair to say, like, people don't expect a ton out of Delaware, so that gives you a permission slip to do whatever the hell you want? Is that right? Yeah, I, I think it actually is. Um, right, Being underestimated is kind of uh, an opportunity, right? <laughs> is it right to say that these attractions really boomed in the sort of glory days of the automobile? And so that's that's kind of how we got here? I think for a lot of them, but there's also those lone eccentrics out there who see maybe the pride in their town flagging and mm-hmm. want to do something to pull the community together. So there are ones that are being made today. Uh, the world's largest Czechoslovakian hand-painted egg is just 14 miles south of me in Wilson. Hmm. And that was an idea that came out of a Chamber of Commerce dinner that was talking about, oh, we don't have that community pride anymore. Hmm. What would it take? And they had me as a guest speaker. And it was one of those sort of just, hey, what would happen if? And a couple years later, they put up a billboard before they put up the egg saying, coming soon, world's largest check mm. egg. And then on the day of its arrival, a regional fiberglass manufacturer created it and delivered it to downtown and swung it over the intersection to have its, its place where it would be painted. And it mm. became this whole reminder to the town that, yes, this is cool. Yes, this is awesome. Hmm. That's great. And I'm looking at a picture of it. It's quite attractive, actually. Yeah, it's really well done. Yeah, and huge. It really hmm. was this community on the brink of, do we keep going? Or hmm. do we say, all right, that's it. And they hmm. chose to keep going. It's awesome. So so it's not like all roadside attractions happened 50 years ago or 100 years ago. That they're They're still vibrant. There's new ones happening. And I think probably one coming soon <laughs> to Smyrna, Delaware. Let's hope. Like basically, yeah. you have to distill Smyrna. Mm. It sounds like, <laughs> and it sounds like Mike is perfectly primed to do yes, that. Yes, nobody else. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> the right man for the job. 
Thank you to Mike for including us in this brainstorming project. We can't wait to visit Smyrna and try the Scrapple Vodka. And a big thank you to Erica for all of her wonderful insights. We'll link to her website, and we're definitely putting Lucas, Kansas on our next road trip itinerary. And what about the rest of you? What's your favorite roadside attraction? Give us a call and let us know at 646-495-4001 or send us a note at howto at slate.com. That's also where you can always reach us when you need help with anything. Building, say, a bigger ball of twine or, I don't know, inventing an alarming flavor of vodka. Whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rosemary Belson and Kevin Bendis produced this episode. Merritt Jacob is senior technical director. Charles Duhigg created the show. I'm Amanda Ripley. Thanks for listening. So you have just listened to a shortened version of How To with Amanda Ripley. We will link to the full episode, How to Put Your Town on the Map, in the show notes. And there you can hear more about how to build crazy roadside attractions, listen to Erica Nelson, and uh, make some plans of your own. Make sure to uh, subscribe to How To, wherever you listen. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where one travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com/music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure they are always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.